Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. Again, that's Calvary 316. If you're a local, come check us out. Our Sunday service is at 1030, and uh, you can learn more about Calvary 316 by visiting our website, calvary316.com. Regardless of where you're listening or how you're listening, I do hope you stay with me over the next hour or so as we seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians by boldly and brashly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and genuine way. Over the last few weeks, we have been addressing probably the most controversial and pressing issue of our time, and that is the issue of abortion. We've had some great interviews. We've been sharing some, some interesting thoughts. We want to hear from you, the listening audience. It's very important for us to hear from you. Listener feedback goes a long way to helping us make this show better and better and better. You can submit a question. You can challenge something that was said, an opinion. You can submit topics that you would like us to tackle for future episodes. Nothing's off limits. The way that you can contact us, very easy, our email address is info at outlawradio.org. Additionally, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, the radio outlaw. And then our Twitter handle is at radio underscore outlaw. We want to hear from you. One of the grand criticisms when you dive into this pro-life versus pro-choice or pro-abortion debate is that men men don't have any type of a leg to stand on, that, that men shouldn't enter the conversation at all, that this is not a man's issue, that men shouldn't have an opinion, and that our opinion isn't important, that this is about women, women's choice, the woman's body, how dare men share an opinion. And while I completely disagree with that, I do understand the sentiment, because men don't get pregnant, and we don't know what it's like to carry a child, and so to develop our idea even further, I'm going to invite a good friend of mine on. And so I'd like to welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show, Miss Karen Pulley. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Can you tell the audience just a little bit about who you are and your husband and the church that you're involved with? Um, my name is Karen Pulley. My husband is Lloyd Pulley, and we've been he's been the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Old Bridge, New Jersey for about 35 years and uh, we just came out from California. We both were uh, trained in ministry. Both found that we just loved the teaching style of, of the Calvary Chapels. And we heard the East Coast was just a really, really hard place, a dry place. But, um, he got, <laughs> yeah, he got a letter. He used to help Rawl with his mail. And one letter from New Jersey, of all places, just grabbed his heart. And he said, I think the Lord's calling us to New Jersey. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> but um, we just, by faith, the Lord just kind of confir confirmed it. And we came out here with just, just our kids and and started a home Bible study. And uh, wow, it's it's grown. The Word of God is powerful. So, And we're blessed. We have a radio station and it's high school. And uh, it's great. And I do, again, love how, again, I feel so unqualified to be a pastor's wife. But he takes your mess and gives you a message. He takes your tests and gives you a mm. testimony. So I find that um, some of the things in my past, some of the horrible, horrible sins, mistakes I've made, I'm able to speak to a lot of young girls about the cost of sin. So you and Lloyd are Southern California kids. Yes, he's originally from Michigan, but I'm from California. Yep. <laughs> Packing up the truck and moving and moving 2,800 miles to the East Coast, to New Jersey of all places, to plant a <laughs> no. Calvary Chapel. What year What year did you guys make the move? It was, oh, 1985, I believe. Wow. 1985, yes. And, have, and it was so hard because you're leaving the Jesus movement. We were an hour from Costa Mesa. I used to go hear Pastor Chuck, which is where, again, I had that major encounter with the Lord. Oh, my word. It just was an electric time. Kids were coming by the, to the altar by the hundreds, and just his teaching was just amazing. But um, we just knew let, let, maybe God's calling us out. Let's spread the word of God out there that we, we heard there was, again, there was not too many just Bible teaching churches, a lot of, a lot of dead churches. So we packed up and— Moved out here. Yep. Now, your family, uh, 
your kids, you have some grandkids. Can you kind of tell the audience just a little bit about what your motherhood life looks like at this point? Yeah, I have two, I have three uh, grandchildren and two foster children, all under the age of 12. So it keeps me busy. Uh, <laughs> it keeps you busy, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's, with, with, with that all in mind, kind of where you are now, uh, let's go back to where this interesting journey uh, began. Yeah. You, you, were, you were born, I believe, Armenian. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. My grandfather actually escaped the Armenian genocide. It's another story, but very blessed to be in America. Yeah. Mm. So you, but you grew up religious. Yes. Yes, definitely. Going to church. And again, it took my mother a while to, to find a good Bible teaching church. She heard Jay Vernon McGee on the radio and said, I think our Armenian church might be a little bit dead. I think <laughs> I'm going to have to find a good. <laughs> so um, she uh, took us to Sunday school faithfully. And I'll tell you what, I never... I still to this day will not forget my Sunday school teachers. They they might be on that show What Not to Wear. They didn't look so good, but they were the most beautiful. <laughs> they were the most beautiful women you ever want to see. They had Jesus coming sparkling out of their eyes. That's all I can way I can describe it. <laughs> so so you grew up um, going to church, um, mm-hmm. a believer, Christ yes, follower. Mm-hmm. Um, you're yep. in high school, and yes. and you end up. Being quite popular is that mm. a, a fair way of mm-hmm. assessing it? Yep, I was I was blessed with that. I think I don't know. I just loved people. I loved cheerleading. I happen to be the head cheerleader and homecoming princess and all that. So it's like with that though comes the comes all the boys that like you. <laughs> so. Well, let's let's talk about the boys that liked you and and just uh, I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes. Let you just kind of tell your story of really what began to happen in your later high school years some of the mistakes that you made, and um, and where that kind of path led you. You know, it's funny. I don't even know what to what even had a what to blame it on. I noticed there was some there were definitely some problems in my home. My dad's not a believer. My mother was, but they were having marital problems. So I noticed she was just in a depression, and it's like the Bible wasn't fun anymore. Church wasn't fun anymore. We just went because I mean, she still loved the Lord. I loved the Lord. But I remember my father just saying, she's not going to a Christian school, put her in a public school, till my mom was so upset about that. And I do believe that's where a lot of my temptations came from. I, I loved people. I loved being, you know, what's the word, all the activities and stuff. And um, I started liking church less and less, big mistake. Started reading my Bible less and less, big mistake. Mm-hmm. But I loved, it. again, the foundation. I just, again, encou- an encounter with the Lord at Hume Lake, actually, in California. Someone took me to a Bible camp where I know that I know that I know God was calling me. It was as if God was there in the, in the woods with me, just talking to me. I have a call, plan for your life. I never forgot that to this day. So in high school, then when— um. I kept away from the boys. In fact, again, that was my reputation. She's a good girl. You, you don't mess with her. She's a church girl. I think the boys liked me even more for that. And the girls were like, man, how do you get all these boys? I'm like, no, I just, I'm just, I want to just keep, you know, stay away from the boys. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course he sends, Satan sends the one, the one just super nice one, super popular, super good looking, which all the girls were saying, you're crazy if you don't go out with this boy. I'm like, well, he's nice, and but but you know I, I've got to get I've got to get him to church, and they just kind of laughed at me. But um, this boy again, re- just really really liked me, and we just became friends. And he seemed so innocent; he thought, oh, he would never, you know, try anything. But as you get, begin to again that slippery slope, begin to get to know someone, you get to get to be attached to them, so to speak. Oh, that's kind of where it begins. You had the determination in your heart. To remain chaste, to yes. remain a, yep. a virgin, remain mm-hmm. for for marriage. Yes, um, but you've and, and this is the kind of a, a fascinating storm of effects. You're mm-hmm. a bit detached on your own from church. You're not in the word as much. Right. Um, there's some problems at home that mm-hmm. no doubt contributed, and then yes. you you kind of fall in love with this boy mm-hmm. and um, kind of take it from there. So you guys are dating. You mm-hmm. are involved. Um, was there was there a party involved with with what was taking place? I I think that was it's hard to think back, but but he, as a year of of dating and, and being pure, a year of that, that just really again that whole year, your heart again is wrapped around this this boy. Then at mm-hmm. that at that point, and then I think when alcohol was involved, which again I wasn't a drinker. One particular time, um, I was starting to you know mess drinking, and that just all your reasoning goes. 
you know, at that point. Yeah. And I think one thing led to another, and you wind up, again, I, I tell girls now, you can dodge a thousand bullets, but it takes one bullet to kill you. You can say no to a boy for a whole year, and it'll take one time to get you pregnant, and maybe one drink, and you'll be, hmm. it'll change the rest of your life. So you you end up, can you talk about the moment that you that you found out, like, hey, there's something wrong. Yes. I think I might be pregnant. Oh. That gets confirmed. I definitely knew after a few weeks, like, this, I definitely didn't, something was not right. I didn't feel right. I didn't really know too much about morning sickness, but I just remember my mother talking about morning sickness, and I think she was pretty smart. I think she kind of knew something was going on, like, what's ha- what's what's happening with, with you? Um, and I'm like, oh, just, just a lot of stress in school, this and that. But then when I went again to get the pregnancy test, which I'm still in, still in shock, like, this can't, this can't be happening, this can't be happening they said, "Oh, yeah, you're you're pregnant." That's when, oh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to die right there. I really did. I thought my life is over. Explain the family dynamic because I think that's <sighs> that's an important that's oh, an important man. concept for the audience to know. I I just knew I could not. I was I was kind of scared of my dad to be honest with you. Loved him dearly and loved my mother. She would be devastated. She was a good Christian woman, but I think. There's such pride in the Armenian. I can't explain it. It's just your family would. I mean, she even just said under her breath, "If you are ever pregnant, oh my gosh, it would be such a stain on the family." But it's a, but you could never have an abort. I said, "Mom, I'm not even. Don't even go there." But that's when when I really knew I was pregnant. I, again, I just had no one to talk to. But then his parents got wind of it. They knew what was going on. And that's when they suggested your life will be over. You kids are the two most popular. You can't do this. You'll you'll ruin your life, you know, thinking that way. And then I thought that way too. You're right. I want I don't want to hurt my parents. Oh no, and my grandparents. So let's just you know. And then again, they take you to that horrible place, Planned Parenthood, which I'm so angry at this that they don't tell you the truth. They don't tell you anything. They don't give you any counseling, any advice, any options, and you kind of feel just just stuck. You know, uh, it, yeah, it's so hard. So it, so you never told your parents, never at all, never. never. I, I just, I kind of want to just pause. If if you're listening to this episode and and you're a 17 year old girl, you're popular, mm-hmm. um, and you find out you're pregnant, tell your parents. Don't don't keep yes. that from them. They yes. love you. Um, that mm-hmm. the, yeah, there might be an initial shock, yes. but um. But you need mm-hmm. them. You need their support. You need their yes, counsel. Absolutely. Um, part of the problem here is yes. that you were already a bit isolated from the Lord. You were mm-hmm. a bit separated mm-hmm. from church. Yes. Um, and then there's this family dynamic where um, you were you were faced with this Im- impossible situation. What do I do? And and then you had this other set of parents that weren't believers, right? Right. That are encouraging you to do. Uh, something that you would have never, never thought possible, probably yes. a few months before that. Absolutely. Um, the experience itself. I know you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, I, as a man, I know very mm-hmm. little about how this takes place. Right. Um, yeah. But the waiting room. I mean, uh, I know you're trying to avoid one set of shame. Yes. But then there's another another set. Can you talk just a little bit about that for, for those that just don't know? Or just going into like that the whole process to it, going into a Planned Parenthood clinic with It's a dark place. Everybody's kind of looking down at the ground. I think people know this is not where I should be. This is a bad place, you know. Um and it just everything seems to be hush hush. Hmm. And there's just again no truth, no no counseling, no other options, you, you, and you just feel like coerced. Oh, you're, it's the best thing. You're so young, and it'll be over within in just a few few minutes. Oh, oh my gosh, they don't realize you don't realize that after after it's over, you, the depression, the suicide of some young. I mean, I definitely thought about a, a suicide. That's how low you feel. That's how horrible you feel. You really do feel feel used, especially. And, and again, this this guy who. Still was with me, but I was like, I, can't, I don't want to see you anymore. I can't believe you ruined my life, you know. Oh. Um, and it was my decision. Shame on me. It was my sin. I, I should have known better. But you're so numb. And again, you you justify. I don't want to hurt my parents. So what's the best thing? This child will will. What kind of 
you just have all these rationalizations, but again, sin blinds you. But after after the fact, it's just not it's not worth it. I mean, that's why God says, "Don't have sex before you get married." He's not trying to take away our fun. My goodness, when people would just read the Song of Solomon. I tell young girls, you think you think um, God is approved? Read the Song of Solomon. In the in the Hebrew, if you can, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, anyway, just sure. good, yeah. But girls, don't don't give your heart away. Don't get attached. Don't even start dating somebody who's not a believer. But after after the depression, I, after this abortion, uh, I definitely had thoughts of suicide. I want to wow. get into that. I want to get into that because the 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 what I would what I would conclude to be the grand lie, but at the same time, it's it's what's often repeated. Um, mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood. Um, I, I even I even read an article that that in their counseling manual um, that they one of the arguments is that adoption will have more long term <sighs> negative effects on a woman than the decision to have an abortion. Wow, isn't that crazy? Wow, it's 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 a lie from the pit of hell. It really but, is. But again, I I can't really speak to to that. So here you are, you're 17 years old, you make one poor decision, um, a little bit of alcohol, party, mm-hmm, the love of your mm-hmm, life, mm-hmm. Um, the shame, a, yep. a set of parents, shame on them, um, a lot of things set up um, where, yes, you made- not to let them down. School. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you, you yeah. Ma- yes, you made one bad decision here, <sighs> yep, yep. But, there, but there was not a lot of help. So no, here you are, mm-hmm. and and um, and again, this was you had an abortion very early in the pregnancy. Yes, yep. So almost initial. So this would be. Would you conclude it would be before the before the heartbeat? I mean, just I would time say, frame. I would definitely say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. W- which which is important here because yes. again, another lie mm-hmm. is that. Um, you know, the earlier you have an abortion, the less effects that it has on you, and I think I think that's also a lie. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So can you? So you have this abortion, you break out with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have not told your parents. No. You're dealing with this. Talk talk about the the week that followed, the month yeah. that followed. You know, it's so funny. My dad um, watched me because again, he saw just this bubbly, you know, just full of life girl, popular in school, and he said, "What happened to you? Sin again takes a toll on you." He just said, "Maybe you need a psychiatrist. Maybe you need some medication." And that's when again, my his the the great thing about it was his neighbors went to a Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and said. We need to get you to church. I'm like, oh, yeah. God doesn't want to. God doesn't even want to see me. No, I, I can't go to church. I said, no, you're coming to church with us. And again, that's when I went into the Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and saw this. We'll get this to old, that. I want to. Okay, I want to sure, get to sorry. that. I want to get to that. But let's start. Let's stay with just the, the dark place. The dark place. Oh yeah, you you just you feel horrible afterwards. Just you shut down. You can't even pray. You feel so so dirty, so alone. How could you tell anybody? It's horrible. Horrible feeling. But you went into the abortion thinking this was a good idea. Oh, exactly. Um, I thought, oh, my life will be, I can continue with my life. My life will be, um, you know, it, it'll it'll be taken care of, which. Oh, and yeah. immediately that changed. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I just want to, I want to pause for just a minute. Um, can you just in a hypothetical sense. There's a, a young girl listening mm-hmm. who just found out she's pregnant, and she's she's dealing with all of the same things that 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 you dealt with so many years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she she is is buying into this lie that this is the best decision for her and her life. What would you say to that young lady? You know, I I would definitely say it it is a life, and you will think about this child for the rest of your life. And if you have this baby, this baby will be the joy of your life. I, I guarantee it because I know women who have said, I just couldn't go through with the abortion and I can't imagine life now without my child, even though I'm a single mom. Or sometimes it works out to where they did get married to the guy, which is that's great. But I have talked to women who didn't go through with the abortion and they love that baby or they gave up the baby for adoption and they know that baby's in a great home. But I have talked to more women who went through with the abortion 
And they said, well, I am scarred for the rest of my, I mean, Jesus can heal anything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But they'll never forget it. They will. I'm one of them. It's been 30, it's been so many years and I still, I can't even talk about it. When I'm asked to give my testimony, I still go, oh God, help me. I, it's still, I can't even get the word out of my mouth sometimes. The, the word abortion, it's hard to say. So don't go through with it. <laughs> so it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a lie. It's a, it's a lie. It's a lie. Mm, yes. Just in your experiences, and again, we'll get back to your story. I just think that this is a, a real organic moment to kind of throw in a few things here. But um, you were never presented. You know, we talk about that Planned Parenthood is pro-choice. Yes. It's pro-choice. That's and that's oh, a lie. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a branding technique. It's not Completely pro-choice. It's, it's yes. pro-abortion. Oh, there's no yes. choice. You were not presented. Not presented an alternative. Exactly. Can yep. you? Sp- can you speak very quickly to the um again to that young lady like I know you don't think you can you can you can do this from your experiences adoption's a better a better choice. Oh, I I do believe that. You know, I mean that's when you just want to really pray. I mean, I just would would think that keeping your child would be the best option, but if you feel like you want to give cuz I know there's homes that are praying for a child, they can't get pregnant. So there's nothing wrong with that either. If you feel like you want to give, I've known girls that have given up their kids for adoption. Yes, they miss that that child. They'll always think of, of that child, but they just they feel like they did the right thing. That baby's thr- kid is thriving now in the right yeah. home. So, but but adoption shouldn't even abortion shouldn't even be a th- a thought just because of the the aftermath. And it's mer- it's it is a baby. It's a life. It really is. Would you say the difference between the abortion option as opposed to the adoption option? Is that, yeah, both are both are an incredibly difficult decision mm-hmm. to make, right? Un, un, undoubtedly, and yet, and yet, the long term. So, if you have the abortion, you deal with the the long term guilt that you terminated mm-hmm. a life, right? That, that this life was deprived of the opportunity to be what what God created that child to be. Versus the positives of adoption is yeah you're still dealing with a a, a loss a personal decision that was made that mm-hmm. you, your lack of involvement yeah but at least you know you gave like there's a re- a redeeming, redeeming sense of like absolutely I gave the child life absolutely. an opportunity and just again it it goes back to the the Bible God says for a reason not to have sex before you get married oh my goodness look at the look at the mess you know look at the mess in all this. Here you are, 17, you go from bubbly cheerleader, mm-hmm. enthusiastic, high on life, to in the span of what I would assume to be a couple weeks, depressed, lonely, isolated, dark, de- depressed. Mm. You, you mentioned yes. oh, yeah. contemplating suicide. Again, I, I don't want to press too far into these type of things, but those thoughts were going through your head at the time? They They were. They were. I didn't know. I didn't really have access to pills or how would I do it? I was just, you know, I just thought of maybe if I drive my, I lived right near uh, some mountains. I thought maybe if I drive my car <laughs> off a cliff, but I would, that back of the, my voice, I, I, back of my head, I still remember that, that call, that, that encounter with God at junior high uh, camp, you know, just, I have a calling for your life. I have a calling for your life. And then, you know, just so, so, so depressed. There must've been some people around me. His neighbors noticed, noticed me that went to church and they just said, we're going to take this girl to church with us and oh my goodness I'm so glad they did that was such such a moment where I just felt I had an encounter with God at, at that church I want to unpack I want to unpack that moment I want to get into that because that's that's the, the 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 pivotal point of redemption that's when the story really takes shape but it, but again and I think this is an important component part of what was driving the depression part of what was driving these 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 dark demonic thoughts Yes. Was yep. was somewhat connected to I've let God down. Yes. God had given me this vision mm-hmm. for my life, but I've ruined mm-hmm. it. Is that yeah, fair totally. to say? Can you explain definitely. that a little? Absolutely. De- and definitely being afar from God, alienated from God, feeling that he he would not uh take me back. He wouldn't my life was over. The, all the plans he had for me, they're they're done. They're over. And what do I have to to, to live for? Sure enough, people maybe thought I was still nice uh, looked great on the outside and oh, you're still this and that. But in the inside, I was dying. You know, I, 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 you can't fool yourself. <laughs> inside, right. I was just aimless, who depressed. Yeah. Well, we are running against a hard break. We're going to carry over Karen to our second block. 
She's going to continue her story. Again, where we left things is a really heavy moment. It's a very dark place. And yet often when things look the bleakest, hey, God's still at work. And there's way more to Karen's story. And so if you're listening, uh, don't go anywhere. We hope that you come back, uh, that you continue listening to the Outlaw Radio Show, the second half of Karen uh, Pulley's story. If you're unable to stay with us, we want to let you know of our podcast. Uh, If you go to outlawradio.org, uh, we have quick links, both to iTunes and Google Play. Our podcast is available on both platforms, and this is what's great about the podcast. If you are listening, but you can't listen to the entirety of the episode on the radio, and we understand it, there's some limitations there, um, you can go subscribe to the podcast. We will upload the audio, the complete episode, today's complete episode, and if you subscribe, it'll automatically download to your device, whether it's your iPhone or Android or tablet or computer, and, uh, and then you can listen. You can listen at your leisure, and so you can stop it, fast forward it, rewind it. You can also, and this is another thing that's cool about podcasting, is you can share it. And so uh, with one, two clicks of a button, you can share it on your Facebook page. You can tweet it out. Um, and uh, the subject matter we're dealing with today, this, this heavy topic of abortion, if you know someone that is in this dynamic, someone that can very much relate to Karen's situation, uh, they need to know uh, that there's other options. Sometimes we shy away from engaging in those opportunities because we think, well, I can't relate, especially if you're a man. I, well, I can't relate to what they're going through. I, I, this is, uh, I don't really have any credence or credibility to be telling a woman what she needs to be doing in, in this dynamic with a pregnancy. Yes, we can stand on a moral authority, but a woman like Karen, who's walked this path, who's made the mistakes, she comes with a a measure of credibility most of us don't have. And so an episode like this, that's why we're doing it, is a good thing that you can pass along. We hope that it ministers uh, to those in need, those dealing with this particular issue. Um, And so through the podcast, it's very easy to share it. Uh, Another aspect of the Outlaw Radio Show is we just want to hear from you. Uh, We'll repeat it. We often repeat it. Info at outlawradio.org. That is our email address. Facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. And our Twitter handle is at radio underscore outlaw. Again, we want to hear from you, the listening audience, especially when it comes to subject matter as heavy uh, as the kind that we've been covering over the last few weeks. Listener feedback is very much appreciated. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Zach Adams and special guest Karen Pulley as they discuss abortion and the church. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We are joined again by Karen Pulley. Let's get to the exciting transition to what has at this point been a challenging story. You're, again, 17, depressed, Mm -hmm. having suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts. You thought having an abortion was going to save your life. Yes. Immediately, it became evident, this this has ruined my life. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've yes. I've messed things up. Now you and we won't call it an, an accident. It's an act of providence. Right. You had an, a neighbor uh-huh. that was watching this also mm-hmm. happen from a mm-hmm. distance, and um and they're like, "You're coming to church." Can pick up the story from there. T- tell us what happened from from that point forward. You know, they they just said you've you've got, you've got to come with us to this church that is just it's alive, it's vibrant. There's just you can't even get your Get, get another person in the door. It's just, it's it's happening. And I, I think I was just like, oh, I've already tried church. Yeah, that's not really for, for me. God doesn't want to talk to me. Like I said, God's done with me. They said, no, no, no. You got to come to this church with us. The minute I wa- walked into that Calvary Costa Mesa and saw that old bald guy up front, Pastor Chuck, <laughs> I said, I think I've just died and gone to heaven. There's just, there's something here. There's just And again, I love that, it, that, that he just said the truth. If you're living in sin, if you've done something, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if you repent, but if you come come to me, Jesus will cleanse you. I'm like, oh my goodness, truth with love. I love that. He didn't candy coat the message, but I just knew I'm a sinner. I need to get back to God. I, I couldn't get down 
you know, to the altar fast enough. And I felt like in Pilgrim's Progress, if you ever read the book, or obviously mm-hmm. that big black burden that's on your back just came right off. It's like, I'm free. I'm I'm a new creature. You know, God will take your mess and give you a message. He said, I don't care what you've done. God has a has a plan for you. And I, and and when I when I got home, it's it's so funny. I tell my high school girls too. You will physically look look different. You guys want to be want to be beautiful, really beautiful. I don't care like the Kardashians. That's they don't look like that with their makeup on. I'll I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm they're my cousins actually. But it's like you you come to Jesus, He will set you free. I remember my father looking at me saying, "Wait, did you wait? Did you get some pills after all? Wait, did you who who are you seeing? What's the name of your psychologist? Uh, psychiatrist?" I said, no, Dad, I went to church. I found God, God again. He's like, oh, no. He says, it'll, it'll wear off. It'll wear off. No, that, it can't be God. He, and as, and as he's wa- he watched me for a year later, he said, I, I will have to admit, it's not, war- it's not worn off. Maybe it really was God. <laughs> so, what a testimony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was it that drew you to the altar when, when you went? Because, I mean, again, you, you walked into the doors of Calvary Costa Mesa in a very dark place. Oh, I just felt, I, I can't explain, just the love, the acceptance, just the warmth and the, and the truth of what he was saying. And I was so, so empty, just so desperate. It's just like a perfect fit, you know, <laughs> a right. sinner and then there's a savior. And you felt you were carrying this burden of this, of this decision that you had made and the Absolutely. condemnation that had come oh, with that. Yes. And when you came to Jesus, you didn't find judgment, you didn't find condemnation, you found love and forgiveness, and it was that that changed you? Oh, totally. And But I, but I love the, the John chapter 8, but go and sin no more. You know, a lot of kids, they, they, aren't we hearing this, that the, the, the liberal church now, I can do what I want to do and still be, no, you can't, but go and sin no more. Jesus said to that a girl, right, right, caught in adultery, but go and sin mm-hmm. no more. And I knew I cannot be with this guy. Because then that was another lie. Satan just said, oh, you're not a virgin anymore. You've already messed up your life. You might as well continue having sex. And I thought, no, that I don't want to even go. That's not that's not what I want to do. Jesus said, go, go and sin no more. Live a pure lifestyle. And um, just, man, I want to follow God. <laughs> so, How long between that moment? Because I assume you probably kept going back to Calvary Costa Mesa and the Lord's yes. doing this yep. work in your life. Mm-hmm. How long from, from that moment till till you ended up meeting your your current husband? You met Lloyd. Okay, I would say maybe a, a year I was going to Costa Mesa and then someone said, you drive awful far to go to, go to a church. <laughs> I said, oh, it's worth it. And they said, you know, there's a church net clo- 20 minutes from you, Pastor Raul Reese. And I thought, oh, I could never leave Pastor Chuck. But I thought, you just for dry, for time's sake, let me just check it out. Let me go to, to uh, hear, you know, Pastor Raul. And um, I don't know what it was. When I wa- walked in, I felt like I was, this was my new chapter. Like I was, I was at home. And, and then I remember the pastor's wife, Sharon Reese, came up to me and I was still was dressing. I still had, I remember I had like a mini skirt on, which I probably shouldn't have, but she said, God has a calling on your life, young young lady. And I turned around and like, is she talking to me? Like, I don't know who she's talking to. She said, oh, I'm talking to you. God has a plan for your life. And I, I don't know what it was about the, the pastor's wife. She just was such a neat lady. And I felt like I need to come and sit down. I need to come and um, learn from these people here, which she kind of took me under her wing. <laughs> Long story short, and I worked yeah. with her for years. But then that's when Lloyd. That's when I did meet Lloyd on a missions trip. Uh, we went to some missions trip. I thought, let me, I just, let me just get involved. And that's when I thought, this is an interesting guy. He seems to really love the Lord. And we just had the same vision, the same focus, Lloyd and I. And we weren't looking. You know what I learned? I'm not going to look. I'm, I need to get my eyes off men. I'm not going to look for a good Christian Christian man. The Lord just said, no, you just keep your eyes on me. I tell my my girls, too, an unhappy single will make an unhappy married. You better first fall in love with Jesus. No husband's going to make you happy. That's a good good rule of advice. Profound. That that could be its own episode, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so you uh, you meet Lloyd on a mission trip, mm-hmm. um, and then um, it, it was it was love at first sight. It was for, for me. It what was he? And he, he he says that he he goes. I thought she she was so cute, but I can't get involved with women. I'm just going to keep my eyes on the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but but then as we ta- talked more and more, we found we had the same exact I don't know vision. Like just want to serve God. Just want to just want to serve God. And we didn't strive. I learned, like, I can't strive with this. Let me just let it happen naturally. And we seem to keep bumping into each other at church. 
And then, I, and then he says, you were following me. And I said, no, you were following me. <laughs> but um, I'm going to ask a question that, that, that does probe. Um, but I think it's an, an important question. And again, um, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, of women who have had abortions, have, have experienced even the forgiveness of Jesus. Yes. But think, okay, Jesus has forgiven me. Yes. But will a man yeah. forgive me? Yes. Yes. When did you have, um, I, that conversation what was that conversation like that was that was tough i um i we did we were obviously when we were dating and we realized we were going to get married we talked about purity and then that's when i had to admit oh i've i've not i'm not a virgin i wish i and then but that's when he just said listen in in christ you're more pure than a virgin that doesn't have christ so that we settled that but i couldn't even tell him about the abortion till i would say i think a year into our marriage Oh, it was just, wow. I still couldn't, I still couldn't still, again, to this day, when I've asked, when I'm asked to give my testimony at pastor's yeah. wife's retreat, it's like, oh, I got to talk about that. It's like, oh, I just want to forget about that. You know, but, but again, it makes the cross look even sweeter, doesn't it? I'm just, Amen. let me tell about the Lord. It was a year. Mm-hmm. Probably that. And then he, and just, he was just like, oh, honey, you could have told me I, you know, you know how much I love you, but just he just figured how how shameful still it was, how painful. Yeah. You know. So you were met though, and I think this is what's important. Um, I'm sure that there was a measure of of surprise on Lloyd's part. Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's real natural emotions that get associated yes. with these things, yeah. but at the same time, you married a Christ follower, a a, a Jesus representative, a man filled right. with the Holy Spirit, and. Right. And he reflected Christ in your life. Yes, he absolutely. was part of that healing, correct? Absolutely. And plus, he's got he's got a testimony too. <laughs> like right. he was no right. he was no Boy Scout. So, right. <laughs> in fact, he goes, "Boy, you." He goes, "I was way worse than you were, Karen." <laughs> She's washed in the blood of Jesus. Like he had that sense: the blood of Jesus Christ does really cleanse us from sin. Right. Amen. You know so. Let me fast forward. How how long into marriage did you ha- then have kids? Let's see. I would say oh, four, 14 months into the marriage, we had <laughs> pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What was that experience like in the context of just your your history up into that point? Oh, you know, just such a joy. I don't even it's like. I felt like I didn't even deserve. You know, because they say that can really mess you up. You some girls can't have children after that. Um, but I was just definitely so blessed to, to, and then when you see that baby, you really realize, I mean, I know that baby's in heaven, but it really, you really come face to face with it. Let me, let me ask just a few broader questions just to get your perspective on it. Just as our audience is chewing through the various issues, do you think it's possible for a Christian a born-again, Christ-following believer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be pro-abortion? Uh, <laughs> I, know that's, I know that's a loaded question. I, I, I mean, absolutely not. We know life begins at exception. God is the giver of life. That pregnancy is a result of God authoring that child, I, I believe. So, yes, Christians should be against abortion under any circumstances, except for, again— they say that if the mother's if the doctor does say that mother's in danger we we understand that that there are you know there are certain ethical issues right right but that's such a and and, mm. and those arguments get put to the forefront but there's yeah. such a minute a minute exactly. percentage of exactly. the overall case of conversation. rape I, I still say yeah. you know what that baby give that baby up for adoption I don't know just, I did a uh, I did an interview have you ever heard the name Ryan Bomberger I haven't. He's he's the head of the Radiance Foundation, and okay. um, and he uh, I did an interview with him. As a matter of fact, I, I believe it'll probably air before this interview. But he was conceived in rape. I think I have heard. Yes, yes, and wow. was put up for adoption and was adopted by uh, a family. I'm called the Bombergers, and um, and he calls you know there he has three siblings that were all homegrown, and then him. Aww. <laughs> And then, and then, but they've wow. adopted. That family ended up adopting ten. So there, there's a beautiful, uh, yes, a beautiful component beautiful. to that. Absolutely. Um, but you speak specifically to the context of a woman, and I want to continue to just kind of work that angle because it's, 
you know, the, the criticism is, oh, you're a man, you can't speak about these things. You don't have an yes. opinion on these things. You don't know. Yes. Well, okay, let's take that off the table. That doesn't apply to you. If you're a Christian uh, and and you've had an abortion in the past, mm-hmm. do you think you can be unrepentant and that be okay? Oh, I, I just think that, I don't know how you those two can meet when you really know that it's an actual life. Now that we see these babies in the womb with the ultrasounds that are amazing, you would have to admit, Jesus, forgive me. I, I took a life. I, I took a life. You know, I, I think it's it's totally need to we need to repent. We need to come come clean with it. We really do. What would you say, just as we as we kind of transition to the the end of the the episode, what would you say to um to the woman that makes the argument that abortion is best for the woman because i think your perspective is most profound to that particular lie and and it's a tough one is she married or single which to me i i still don't understand married women having having i, I had a woman come to me and just said i had to you know have an abortion because i already have seven children i said first of all god that's god's child and Will God not provide for his children? You know, yeah. she said, I never thought of it that way. But I just think that it, and again, we shouldn't be having sex before we get married. That's a whole other thing. But no, I don't think that under any circumstance we should be having having an abortion or for it. I just, it's not, it's not right. It's not biblical. You guys, logically and naturally, you, you, you're not only kind of involved in advocacy, but you're Mm -hmm. also a part of a very interesting organization that's kind of connected to the church. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you guys are doing to help moms, to help ladies in these situations? You know, I love love my husband's heart. He says, you don't scream at people outside of abortion clinics. You murder or you this. That doesn't work. It really doesn't. He, we found this organization called the Storks. Is that what you're referring to, the Storks? Yes. Yeah, I'd like you to talk just a bit a bit about that. It is amazing. They have these big um, vans right outside of either an abortion clinic or a Walmart, wherever women go in, and you offer them a free ultrasound, free medical ultrasound. And for the most part, women will, will go in. They'll, 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 yeah, they'll want to see it. And they say four out of five women that see their baby's heartbeat don't go through with the abortion. They are having such great results. I don't know the statistics, yeah. um, but it's an amazing organization. They're very kind to these women. They're supportive. You know, they, they draw these women in and then they offer. And plus, let me tell you something. It's, it's messy too. You're going to have them keep their baby. Okay. Well, we've got to help you now. And we have several women in our church. God bless them who are helping these moms raise these kids because it, it begins with birth. We might think, oh, we saved a baby, but they're going to have 18 more years. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're, we're having women step up and say, let me, let me help the, these women. It's really, really great. You know, I think that's a component that isn't, isn't discussed enough. You know, we, we, we advocate for life, um, but then we're not really willing to do much to help. It's kind of like we tell a woman, hey, you need to keep that baby. And then right. she keeps the baby, and but and she's she, alone. Yeah, she's alone, <laughs> and she she's, and, and most most often is is a single yes. mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's I, I overwhelmed, think, and yeah. she's overwhelmed. And I think um, again, she probably even senses I did the right thing in those moments where where that baby is sleeping. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, just the challenges there. Absolutely, uh, Karen. I I really appreciate your. Um, your candor, I can't imagine the experience that you went through, and then even, you know, as you mentioned, having to to discuss it. The the but the but your candor, your honesty. Any final thoughts you want to share with with those that might be listening? You know, just to really again look at the cross. Do we really believe that Jesus's blood can cleanse us from all sin? You know, He saves us to the to the guttermost. He really does. And when Jesus said, it is finished, I mean, he took all of that shame and filth on himself. And now we have the the robe of righteousness. You know, he took our, our filthy robe and put it on him. And now we have his 
robe of righteousness. That really is the beautiful message of the gospel. Jesus paid for our sins, paid it in full, and we didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. Wow. Um, it's amazing, our, our, our gospel message. So, And again, he takes our mess and gives us a message. I had no idea that I would be working at a high school, talking to young girls and letting them know um, this is what you're up against if you're even contemplating, you know, because they'll come to you and tell you that they, they, they think they're pregnant or this or that. And I'm able to share with them, you know, my story. Well, your story, your story is important and it's one of redemption and forgiveness and um, God is amazing, which, which demand that we make mistakes and we're going to make mistakes. And Jesus knew that. And, uh, and yet your story doesn't end in that dark place. And for those that right. are listening, there's, right. there's doesn't either. There's light. There's hope. There's forgiveness and restoration. But before I let you go, you said something, and this is way off topic. You said something in the interview uh, that I made a note of. You're cousins with the Kardashians. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Don't get me started. We, they used to go up. We grew up together in the L.A. area. We grew up together. Our families grew up together, the Kachaturians and the Kardashians. And if you're, we even married, my uncle married a Kardashian. So it's like in the Armenian culture, you can marry your second cousin. Okay. But they used to go to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. They, the girls, uh, Kim, Chloe, and Courtney, used to love Pastor Chuck. That's why we're horrified. I mean, I pray for them, and they, they still say, that, oh, they love God. But I'm like, really? I don't know about your lifestyle, how, how you're living. <laughs> so they know better. I pray that they come back to the Lord. You know, we don't want to judge them, but there's some really great Kardashians, if you can believe it. Godly, godly Kardashians. Oh, that's amazing. I, I had oh, to my. I I had to end on a, a fun note there. Oh boy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for being thank on the show. Thank you so much. You are such a dear. I can't wait to meet you in person. I love your parents. Give a shout out to them. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to do a, a few things. First, Contact your local Christian radio station and tell them that you're thankful that they're carrying this type of programming in your community. Most of these guys don't make much money at all. It's very much a ministry. It's a seed-sowing ministry, just sharing the gospel, proclaiming the gospel through the airwaves into your community. And a good attaboy, a thank you, goes a long way. I also want to say that if you are listening to today's episode and you're struggling with this very topic. Maybe you find yourself a, a young lady and you've gotten pregnant and you know you made a mistake, but now you don't know what to do about it. And you're ashamed and you're afraid. You don't need to be alone. Now, I know that not every family dynamic is preferable. Some families are better than others. I do encourage you to, to let your folks know, but if that's not possible, find a Calvary Chapel church. Go on a Sunday morning and just go up after the service to some of the prayer counselors and just let them know what you're struggling with, what you're, what you're contemplating. Let them pray for you. Don't be alone, especially when the decision you're going to make here, either way, is going to have effects that will last for your lifetime. Again, we want to hear from you. We encourage you to visit our website, outlawradio.org. From the site, it's easy to, to find our contact information. You can reach out at info at outlawradio.org. Also, facebook.com, The Radio Outlaw. We're on Twitter at radio underscore outlaw. From the site, as mentioned in the first block, we have a podcast. Every episode of The Outlaw Radio Show is podcasted in its entirety, not just this episode, but all episodes, everything we've ever done is on the podcast. You can subscribe. The audio comes to you. And then you can share it along uh, with those you might think would love to listen. Again, outlawradio.org. If you're big into iTunes, Google Play, you can just search my name, Zach Adams, and you'll easily find The Outlaw Radio Show. Again, iTunes, Google Play. My name is Zach. So glad that you listen. And I hope you join me again this time next week as we do what we always do, discuss relevant topics in an honest and a genuine way, and in doing so, breaking down the misconceptions, the negative perceptions, 
that the world has of Christians. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.